Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Hello, hello, hello. The summer's finally winding down. I'm your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. Would you expect anything less? I think not. And before we jump in, sadly, I I did not get to play as much control this week as I had hoped. Uh, Life got in the way. I did get to experience the Rose Bowl for the first time, though. Went to watch San Diego State play UCLA. That was a fun experience. And football is back, baby. This season is off to a great start. A lot of unexpected wins and unexpected losses, if you ask me, if you guys are NFL fans. But... Let's uh, let's just get right in into the episode, if you will. Um, I was gonna start recording on video, but looks like there's a bit more of a learning curve than I expected on on some of the programs I, I downloaded. Um, so look for that soon. But as always, we start with video game news, and a uh, bit of a surprise here. Reggie fees on me, uh, the former CEO of Nintendo of America, or president of Nintendo of America, I should say, has announced that uh, his retirement has, has, has practically ended, and he is going to start teaching at Cornell as what's called the leader in residence. Um, and he'll kind of help bridge the gap for students and faculty and help them kind of be better if you will, with, um, yeah, I, I guess, uh, uh, better understand the changing face of capitalism and commerce and video game industry and all that kind of stuff. So if, if you're lucky enough to go to Cornell, you might get to re- meet, uh, Reggie. Uh, also moving on, staying on the Nintendo track here for a second, and and we'll end on a lot of big Nintendo news as well as we get to the end. Steel Series has announced that they are makers of the first true wireless Switch headset. Uh, it will launch in October for ninety nine dollars. It does not require Bluetooth, uh, and like I said, it's 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 true wireless. You just plug the dongle into into the uh, switch if you will and it it works and and steel series is known for their no latency and and expert expertly crafted headsets uh, they recently launched an xbox one that doesn't require any dongle it can actually connect uh, wirelessly directly to the xbox one and there's there's no delay in their sound uh, that one though of course retails for like two hundred dollars uh, so it, it, you're going to be spending good money on these headsets, though. Uh, also got some more news regarding Cyberpunk 2077. Um, I know last week we had mentioned that uh, multiplayer might be a possibility. Now we have confirmation saying that multiplayer is a thing. And will come at some point post-launch. It, it won't launch with the game. 
Uh, that's not something that's going to happen right away. Uh, but it is something they are looking at and, and exploring to make sure that they do it right, essentially, as, as uh, CD Projekt Red had never, has never really done multiplayer before. Uh, they also confirmed that every cutscene will be in first-person mode to allow for more seamless uh, integration into the story. And while, yes, character creator is a big facet, you'll still be able to see your character in some cutscenes, not all, though, and other parts of the game with mirrors and uh, driving and obviously the character customization screen. And uh, when you update your character and things like that in the pause screen. Also got announced, uh, Dave Bautista will be joining Gears 5 later this month after a WWE SmackDown event. Uh, finally joining the game and Gears of War Universe after years of, of trying to play Marcus Phoenix in the film. Uh, however, this time it will be himself in the game in multiplayer. Um, and that's what, the fourth or fifth um, celebrity or, or cameo character to be in the game. Uh, you know, we got Cat and oh man, Emil. Yeah, Cat and Emil from Halo Reach, Sarah Connor and the Terminator from Terminator, and now Dave Bautista. So that's awesome. Also announced for Minecraft a DuckTales adventure map uh, plus skins. Uh, those will be coming later this year. So if you guys are still into mine, uh, still play a lot of Minecraft and love DuckTales, you can get a new map and skins available for the game. Those of you who played Days Gone, the most recent PS4 exclusive, will have access to New Game Plus later this week. So if you're looking to add a new experience and harder difficulty to the game, that's now available to you. And then Celeste, which was a indie darling a few years ago, is getting its final piece of DLC called Chapter 9 Farewell, and it will be adding over 100 levels to the game. Uh, so if you guys really like that platformer from a few years back, now's your chance to, to play a whole lot more of it. Kojima was very talkative. Uh, Tokyo Game Show, of course, is, is this week as we record, so I'm sure we'll get more Death Stranding news there. But Kojima was being interviewed and said that Death Stranding has a very easy mode for those who are movie fans. So if they've never really played video games or are terrible at video games, there's a mode where um, it will require less really work and will be more to experience the story as Kojima intended. He's a very big fan of films, which, which makes sense as uh, a lot of his games are, are focused. And the, the games his games usually play out like a movie would, especially with the cinematics and the cutscenes lasting for very long periods of time. But he, he always wanted to get that cinematic feel. Rockstar has also announced new specialist modes for Red Dead Online, where you can focus on being a bounty hunter or survivalist, things like this, and has also announced its new Outlaw Pass, which is similar to a Battle Pass and other online multiplayer games. And uh, those can be found on Rockstar's website if you want to know more. Also, PlayStation has announced that they have come up with 10 redesigns and 
for 10 of what they call the only on PlayStation collection. And it's for 10 games that define the generation, as, as they put it. Um, according to them, 10 exclusive games that define the generation, only on PlayStation Collection. This is Twitter. Um, the covers are okay. Some of them are, are not anything to write home about. Uh, they include Bloodborne, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered. Like, really? Are you fucking kidding me? Spider-Man, which is the only one that looks cool. Uh, it's not as good as the box art on the game, though. Ratchet and Clank, the reboot. Shadow the Colossus, so that that's two. That's two uh, Team Ico games. Uncharted 4, which actually has a cool cover. And then Wipeout, which is the last game I'd expect to, to have that. Um, but those, those are available now. Uh, sorry, they're exclusive to the UK. Now that I'm looking at it, looking at getting some clean JPEGs. I'm surprised it's not coming to the US. I'm sure they'll announce something like that. But yeah, so if you live in the UK and you never per pick those games up or you're a collector, you can definitely get some awesome looking artwork for some of those games. But if you live in the US, too bad for now. Also, PlayStation UK just doing a lot of crazy shit. This is what they tweeted out. Triangle, circle, cross, square. If cross is called X, it's not, then what are you calling circle? And then the thinking emoji. So, apparently, it's not an X button. It's a cross button. And I'm going to say this is probably just PlayStation UK and their ridiculous things and the ridiculous things people do and say in the UK. Sorry if you're from the UK and I just maybe said that. Whatever. I don't care. Um, what? What? Cross? Cross? It's literally a circle or an X. Circle. It's an X. They, they even put out one of those Spongebob memes with uh, uh, Manta Ray. Where it's like, these are sh shapes, right? And Patrick's like, yup. That's a triangle and that's a square. Yup. And this O is a circle. That makes sense to me. The other one is a cross. No, that's an X. And then... I, I, I'm so... I'm so lost. An, a cross? No. And then someone chimed in. Because this de debate grinds my gears, I'll finish it once and for all. Crosses have the same distance between each stick. Crosses form a square. X's don't have the same distance between each stick. X's form a rectangle. Basic geometry. Yeah, I... I don't know. I really don't know about that. People are going to call it X regardless of what PlayStation UK thinks. I'm going to stick with X because it looks like a goddamn X. And that's what people in America say. We don't add U's to our words. We don't say Z for Z. So it's an X. And I'm going to keep calling it an X. And so is the rest of the world. And then we did have a very, very long Nintendo Direct that we're going to talk about here. 
as we wrap up video games. Uh, Nintendo announced that Super Nintendo games or Super NES games are now coming to Switch. As, uh, as well as a special SNES controller that will work with Switch. And also Banjo-Kazooie is now available for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. As, and also announced that Terry from Fatal Fury will be the next DLC fighter. Um, also, also with uh, that whole Banjo-Kazooie thing, it's really funny. The creator of the Super Smash games tweeted that people should go play Banjo-Kazooie on Xbox if they want to play Banjo-Kazooie, which made Xbox trend in Japan for like the first time in uh, probably ever. Or a very long time, uh, as I'm sure most of you know, if you listen to this podcast or understand anything about video games, Xbox has never done well at all in Japan, and that's just the nature of the business. Um, I mean, Xbox did a lot better here. Uh, Americans care more about Halo than than Japan does, and and that was Xbox's big selling point back in the. OG Xbox days, so that that makes kind of sense. And Xbox has always been more for shooters. Hell, they had to redesign the controller just for Japan. That's when the Xbox S controller came out back in the day. Uh, down from the Duke, the beefy boy that it launched with, uh, and then it eventually came here to the U.S. As I'm sure all of you are aware of. Also, Overwatch has been confirmed for Switch with an October 15th release date. Uh, Also announced was Xenoblade Chronicles, the definitive edition. They showed off some footage for the new Animal Crossing game. Also, new features were announced for Pokemon Sword and Shield, detailing Pokemon Camp, as well as two new Pokemon were announced. The first one is called Cramorant. Cramorant. It is a flyer water type, a flying water type, excuse me. Uh, Looks almost like a pelican, and it says it uses abilities to pick up Pokemon while using Surf or Dive, which then activates its gulping form. When damaged in this form, it will spit out what's in its mouth. When it comes to food, it will try to swallow anything it can fit in its mouth. Sometimes it will swallow things that aren't its intended prey spitting them out in a hurry once it realizes it's a mistake. Cramorant can be forgetful, but it will never forget a trainer it grows to trust. However, it seems that even trainers will face fierce attacks from their Cramorant if they're about to try to steal its food. Ah, looks like uh, HMs are coming back. And then also, uh, Poltegeist, which is uh, looks like a ghost inhabiting a broken teapot... Um, and the Pokedex entry is listed as Poltegeist's, yeah, Poltegeist's body is made from black tea and is said to have a very distinct aroma and flavor. It will only allow a trainer it trusts to sample its tea. However, drinking too much can lead to indigestion or an upset stomach, so be careful. Many Poltegeists make their homes inside hotels and restaurants disguising themselves and hiding among the tableware. They can pour their power into leftover tea and create even more of their kind. So they're often treated as pests. Interesting whole name with Poltergeist mix. It is the black tea Pokemon, and it is ghost type. 
Why it's not Earl Grey is beyond me. Maybe that would be just too on the nose. Also announced, Deadly Premonition 2, Super Kirby Clash, uh, Game Freak, also the makers of Pokemon have announced that their game Town is now going to be called Little Town Hero and will launch on October 16th. Luigi's Mansion 3 will be getting a multiplayer mode called Scream Park. Uh, and then surprising news, some old uh, some old ports are coming. Doom 64, which uh, hasn't been available since Nintendo 64. Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast. Uh, Kyle Katarn lives, despite not existing in the current Star Wars canon. Uh, AC Rebel, which will be Assassin's Creed 4 and Assassin's Creed Rogue, which is a, a collection. Uh, these are all coming to Switch in the near future. And then, uh, yeah, some crazy news. That Direct is available online for you to watch, especially the Pokemon trailers, things like this. And then uh, just to round out video games, here's some upcoming major releases. September 13th, we'll see the release of Borderlands 3. FIFA comes out on September 27th. Ghost Recon releases on October 8th, and then Call of Duty Modern Warfare releases October 25th. So just uh, mark your calendars for those things. And then uh, that's it for video games. Let's move into TV here. Uh, here's some premiere dates for you guys. Tr uh, the Deuce premieres uh, tomorrow, September 9th on HBO. Uh, Netflix is The Island, which uh, looks like a really cool simulation type uh, almost Lost-esque lost premieres on the 12th. Uh, Fox's The Masked Singer returns on September 25th. Uh, Crank Yankers, which I'm very happy to see return to Comedy Central. It's going to have the uh, parts of the original cast and some, some new comedians as well. Uh, Crank Yankers, if you don't remember, was the show where they would prank call people with puppets. Uh, returns to Comedy Central on September 25th as well. Chef Season 2 premieres on Netflix September 23rd. Inside Bill's Brain, which is a miniseries and documentary miniseries about Bill Gates, premieres on Netflix on September 20th. And South Park returns on September 25th. In October, we have Batwoman on October 6th, Mr. Robot on October 6th for its final season. Star Wars Resistance comes back for its final season as well on October 6th. The Flash premieres October 8th, and then Arrow the following week on October 15th. Now let's move into some TV news. And with that, it, it is a release date itself. HBO finally announces that the Watchmen TV show, which is a sequel to the comic and not the movie, will premiere on Sunday, October 20th. Oh shit, I am not going to be in town. I'm really pissed. I'm going to have to watch that on the plane the next day. And also announced uh, for The Mandalorian, uh, no Boba Fett, at least in Season 1, is what the, the consensus is. That doesn't mean he might not show up in Season 2. Um, but John Favreau was also giving an interview and said that the origin of the First Order will be explored in The Mandalorian as it takes place roughly uh, very soon after the events of Return of the Jedi can't wait to see how they they do that and explain some of those things margaret atwood the author of the handmaiden's tale 
announced that her new book will, uh, called The Testaments, uh, it's a sequel to The Handmaid's Tale, will be adapted at Hulu as a sequel series to its Handmaid's Tale as well. Big pickup for Hulu there. Big pickup. The book's not even out yet. <laughs> Good on them. Amazon has cast Will Poulter. Uh, you might know him from the uh, Maze Runner series, as well as We're the Millers, and one of the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe books, uh, in an undisclosed leading role in their Lord of the Rings series, coming next year, I think. Bet you's playing an elf. Otherwise, I don't think they would have made it an undisclosed leading role. And then, uh, kind of going over to Amazon's rival, Patty Jenkins, director of Wonder Woman and the upcoming Wonder Woman 1984, has signed a multi-year overall TV deal to write, produce, direct with Netflix for about a th- uh, about three years for uh, what's rumored to be about $10 million. That's a pretty good good gig if you ask me. Hey, I made some really good movies. Hey, why don't you come work for us and make uh, $10 million and, and do stuff for us for three years, guaranteed work. Pretty genius, if you ask me. Pretty freaking genius. Uh, just a, a little bit of TV news here left. Uh, not a whole lot going on in TV world because everything's re- getting ready to premiere. Jonah Hex has been announced to be returning for the Arrowverse crossover, Crisis on Infinite Earths. They're really kind of bringing out all the the stops here to make sure they get everyone back if they can. And that should be really cool. I, I liked what they did with his character on Legends of Tomorrow. So that will be interesting to see how he interacts with everyone. Uh, we also got uh, two new TV trailers. Season 2 trailer for Jack Ryan, uh, which is further going into the alternate reality timeline. This time, apparently Venezuela is going to get their hands on a nuke. Uh, God forbid that were to ever happen in real life. Uh, looks really good. And then we got a part two trailer for Disenchantment, which shows Princess Bean literally going into hell to try and save Elfo, despite the fact that Elfo looks like he's in heaven. So I, I wonder why she's going to hell. Looks really cool. Uh, the first season was a bit of a letdown for me, kind of a meh season. Uh, I'm hoping season two will pick up as this, uh, it's, it started gaining steam as, as time went on. I'm, I'm hoping that continues as we get further into this season, uh, which is supposed to come out later this year. Sorry, I, I meant uh, part one of season one. It, it, they're splitting it into technically one season. But I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. I, I like Matt Gronig. I've said this before. I said it when the first part of the season came out. It, it's... Uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting take. It's a little different from what he did with The Simpsons and, and Futurama. But that's it for TV news. Let's kind of move into movie news here. Joker. Uh, I think we started sta- stated last week that a lot of people think it might be in the Oscar running. And now it won top prize at the Venice Film Festival. That's always a good sign. If it's winning awards, especially the top award at the film festival it premieres at, that's usually a good sign of, of, of things to come. And it's something that could potentially lead to some other things down the line. I'm excited. We're 
less than a month away from the premiere of Joker, October 4th that releases. Uh, also came out, Robert Pattinson was being interviewed, essentially saying that he was pissed about the leaks that came out about Batman and him being rumored as Batman because he thought it would actually ruin his chances because uh, he had yet to audition at that point. And he's like, oh shit, now they're going to see all this and now they're not going to want to bring me into audition and it's going to just ruin my chances. And luckily it all played out really well and, and worked out for the best and he ended up getting the role. Um, and then, and then he also said in the same interview, uh, he did get to suit up or at least try on the suit that will be his as they start filming early next year, uh, set. He, he felt powerful. Uh, he said he felt powerful in the suit. It, it's also humbling and, and a little scary at times. And, uh, but he's excited to take on the role and, and see where it leads. Meanwhile, it's heavily rumored that, uh, Matt Reeves has finally finished a script and turned it in to Warner Brothers as a, a final final version of the script. And we'll do we'll do a deep dive on Batman as we get closer to the release of that movie. Or at least if a trailer comes out. And uh I, I mean I, I kinda wanna give you guys my thoughts that I've been kind of ignoring for a while and just kind of casually mentioning. But uh now I, I kinda wanna really talk about it. I, I feel that we're far enough removed away from a lot of things that, that we can talk about it. But that's for uh, that's for another time. Let's move on, though. Bad Boys. Bad Boys for Life has gotten a new trailer. This movie drops in January. And it... It fucking rocks, man. They, they have the same camaraderie and chemistry as, as they did before. And I I can't fucking wait. That's for damn sure. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when we come for you? And I am very, 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 very excited to see where this goes. I love... I think Bad Boys 2 is the better of them. And the, it, it's something you gotta... Yeah, I mean... I don't know how to explain it. it. It's just a great comedy action, action comedy. I should say that's that's the proper way to say it. And I love Will Smith. Martin Lawrence is is always hilarious. Putting the two together is just a recipe for greatness. And that's why that's why I know Bad Boys for Life is going to be good. I'm it, we, even though it's been such a long time. Um been such a long time since since bad boys 2 came out but i i think i think we'll be perfectly fine even without um michael bay directing it 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 should be okay so that's why i i would urge everyone to check out the trailer especially if you loved the first two because it it's definitely going to fill that void that you've been looking for for a long long time and and i i like i said i i can't wait the trailer was great. We also got confirmation regarding the Tomb Raider sequel, which is in fact happening. And it will be directed by Ben Wheatley, who is a bit of a, a, a cult darling, a cult classic darling type person, cult following. 
And uh, he directed films like High Rise and Free Fire. High Rise is a 2015 film, I think, with uh, Tom Hiddleston. So a lot of people are excited about this. Uh, no word yet on if it's going to follow any of the, the sequels to the game, like Rise or Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, but since the first one was kind of first based off that, that reboot... But we'll see, as that's moving along faster than most people thought it would, especially since the first one didn't do super well. Um, it, it did okay critically, did okay financially. It, it didn't break the bank or anything, but I, I personally liked the film. So I, I thought it was good. And then, what is this? Tom Holland. Uh, has uh, keeps talking about Spider-Man and, and the whole thing with Sony and has said that he thinks that Spider-Man is in, in safe hands. Uh, Tom Holland said, I guess he was being interviewed, uh, GQ, and he said, I'm not shy about expressing how incredible the last five years have been with Marvel. I've truly had the time of my life, and in so many respects, they have made my dreams come true as an actor. Sony has also been really good to me, and the global success of Spider-Man Far From Home is a real testament to their support, skill, and commitment. The legacy and future of Spider-Man rests in Sony's safe hands. I really am nothing but grateful, and I've made friends for life along the way. And, I don't know. I guess, do I trust him? No, because he's con contracted by Sony and has to say a lot of things that, that go along with that. But I, I, I don't know. And I don't trust Sony, and I've said that before. They've made too many duds at this point. But just a, another thing that followed after that, the CEO of Sony Pictures, Tony... Vin Sequeira said that uh, he was talking to Variety for the moment the door is closed and he said that uh, while the door may open again he implied it, it's a long life and he also clarified there is no ill will between Sony and Marvel and Disney and that uh, he admitted that the backlash is an interesting couple of weeks for Sony uh, with everything that, that happened. Uh, he also followed up with, We had a great run with Feige on Spider-Man movies. We tried to see if there's a way to work it out. The Marvel people are terrific people. We have a great respect for them. But on the other hand, we have some pretty terrific people of our own. Kevin didn't do all the work. Mm, yeah, sure. Okay. But and he, then he went on to say, Spider-Man was fine before the event movies, did better with the event movies. And now that we have our own universe... He will play off the other characters as well. I think we're pretty capable of doing what we have to do here. He will play off the other characters. So maybe a, a spin-off with Venom or a tie-in with Venom. I, I don't know. I just... He also went on to say... I don't know. Uh, that, that that goes more into other people. But I, I just... Sony, I think, is, is doing the wrong thing here, personally. And they're lucky for having the access to Spider-Man to begin with that Marvel sold it off back in the 90s when Marvel almost went bankrupt and it's just I don't know it's just interesting that's for sure I hope something gets worked out I I still like I said I, I don't trust Sony 
maybe one day something good will happen. Maybe not. I I just I don't know. I don't know. I really am just lost. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. And and we'll see how those movies turn out now without Kevin Feige's influence because it even shows that Venom had Feige's influence, albeit a tiny bit. We'll see how um, Mobius the Living Vampire turns out though. That that's that's going to be the real real kicker. And we'll see how everything works out in the end. So, It Chapter 2 came out this past weekend, and along with it was a special trailer for Birds of Prey, or the One Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. I think I said that wrong. Anyway, Birds of Prey. And uh, the trailer was not released online. However, I was able to see a version of it online. (laughs) Uh, from another country, that is. Uh, there were subtitles. And to me, there wasn't enough. Granted, it was just a teaser. I know the movie still comes out in like February. So I- I'm sure the marketing buzz for it will start to pick up soon. Uh, from what little glimpses there were, it looks decent. Uh, again, there's not a whole lot that they showed off. And... You could kind of see some of the characters and some of their outfits, but but that was really it. Uh, and I just I want to see like a full on real trailer, and I'm sure that will drop in the next uh, month, month or two, as we get closer and closer to the release of the film. But I'm I'm hoping to see more eventually. Also, some news regarding the next and future Mission Impossible movie. Haley Atwell, otherwise known as Peggy Carter in the MCU, has joined the movie. Uh, she tweeted out, uh, s- uh, someone tweeted her, I think I should say, I think it was Christopher McQuarrie, the director of the last three, and they're like, Haley, if you choose to accept this mes- mission or something, uh, you know, the, 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 the tagline from the movie, and uh, she's like, I do, and all this other stuff. I think it's it's going to be, she's like the perfect fit, if you ask me. She knows how to be in action-type movies. She knows how to essentially handle big stars, you know, like Chris Evans and things like this. So I, I think she'll be she'll be a perfect fit, and I, I can't wait to see what they do with her. Maybe make her a villain or something? I don't know, but we'll see. And then Brendan Fraser was being interviewed. I, I love Brendan Fraser, by the way. Uh, he was being interviewed by Cinema Blend, of all places, and asked about a potential fourth Mummy movie, he said he would be absolutely willing to return, but it needs an, an one essential ingredient. He says, just gotta say, I know how hard it is to make that movie. I tried to do it three times, and the, inse- uh, the essential ingredient is fun. You gotta remember to have fun. So if there's a fun way to approach it again, I'm all in. Which, honestly, I heard the last one sucked. The one with Tom Cruise. The reboot, if you will. So, I'm not surprised that someone was asking about him about this. I would fully welcome him back, even though he's kind of old and not really in, in Rick shape anymore, if you will. And they, they did replace... Uh, uh, what's her name? Rachel Wise in the third Wise in the third one. She was not in the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. I think that one was called. Um, that one was not as good as the first two. 
but I, I would totally take a fourth Mummy film, like hands down. Those movies were always cool. The first two were hilarious, and uh, I, I um, yeah, I would re- I re- would would really like to see that for sure, for sure. So I, I'd welcome that. I'd welcome that with open arms. Open arms. I'm saying that a lot today, aren't I? Um, it Chapter 2 has had the biggest horror weekend opening of all time, uh, behind only the first It movie. Um, no surprise there. It, it, uh, it didn't make as much as the original, uh, but it did still make quite a bit of money. This weekend it broke $120 million globally, which is always a good sign. Not getting as well good reviews, though. And then we did have uh, some news. And Peter Capaldi of Doctor Who fame more recently has been cast as an un- in an undisclosed role in Suicide Squad. And apparently he's playing a bald character. He was at a convention this past weekend and uh, had his head shaved. And he was talking about how, you know, he didn't want to shave it completely and he can't really talk about the role. A lot of people are thinking he might be playing an older Victor Zaz. Victor Zaz is British. He is bald. But I'm sure... We don't really know anything about this movie, for that matter. But I really don't have any thoughts. I mean, when it comes to the Suicide Squad, you can pull villains from all across the DC Universe. So it, I, I would tend to move away from just having a lot of Batman villains. So that's my thing. And I would hope he'd be playing someone more interesting than Victor Zaz, who's just a murderer who puts, like, cuts a hash mark into himself every time he kills somebody. But that's my thought on it. I I don't think Zaz would be the best person for Capaldi to play. But maybe he's going to have some kind of costume on or heavy makeup since it's he's getting his hair shaved, but... Who knows? There's a lot of characters. A lot of characters that are bald. Maybe Hugo Strange. Maybe Hugo Strange. Oh my god, I didn't even... How did no one think about this before? That'd be... I don't think we have Hugo Strange in the DCEU right now. Oh, that'd be killer. That'd be awesome. Alright, mark it down, folks. If I'm right, I'm right. Boom, I got... I predicted something. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Ruben Fleischer, the director of Zombieland 2, said to stay past the credits as there will be something... uh, There'll be a big payoff if you stay um, and kind of remind you and and make you feel nostalgic for the first one in the Bill Murray scene. Don't know what that means. Maybe Bill Murray's back in some capacity, despite being uh, spoilers shot in the chest. (laughs) I I don't... I, I don't know. But... That'd be cool. I mean, I always like to stay for the credits, just in case. I know a lot of outlets have been pushing that lately, just to give credit where credit's due to the the crew that helps make those movies get made. And then, kind of going back to James Gunn here for a second, we talked about Suicide Squad. Uh, A lot of people asked him about, uh, would Dancing in the Moonlight ever be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3? You know the song, the... Dancing in the moonlight, everybody's singing. You know, I, I don't, I can't do the song, but um, it's, uh, I guess it's the most requested song he gets from fans online. So that's the reason he'll never put it in the movie. Which, 
you know, makes sense. Really makes sense. It's like, nah, screw you. I'm not going to do what you want. I'm going to do what I want. I mean, it's more nuanced than that, but it's more like, no, I'm not going to do what the fans are expecting. I, I'm going to do something that they didn't know they wanted and that they're actually going to enjoy. So I, I respect him for that. So it, it it's while that song would be perfect for the movies and was in the Telltale game from from what I've seen online from different sources, I, I think it would be a disservice if he gave in to the fans and, and, and did that. But that's, um, that, that's me, uh, my thinking at least. Uh, and then last bit of, last bit of movie news before we go into some other things, uh, got some loot crates in the mail. I know I mentioned in star Wars smugglers bounty, uh, JJ went on an interview somewhere, uh, even though he should be working on the movie, um, and said that no, the Last Jedi did not derail his plans or anything else. If anything, it made the story better. And it's just J.J., you know, smacking his gums just to save face. Uh, so he doesn't seem like he's talking shit on, on Ryan and and everything Ryan did um, with, with The Last Jedi. Which, as I've stated before, I personally liked. And I think people overreacted to the movie and people need to go rewatch it. But it's just... It, I I hope he does it well because I was disappointed in what JJ did with the Force Awakens. So that that's all I can think about right now when it comes to Star Wars, where three months away, three months and a week away. So we'll see. I just kind of want to like don't want to overhype myself or get too worked up because I just want to go into the movie like ready to go. You know what I mean? Ready to go and just enjoy it first. And then nitpick it after. I'm sure I'm going to see it like three or four times. Like I do all the time with every Star Wars movie. but Except Solo. But I digress. The coolest bit of toy news this week. Is the fact that Lego has unveiled their newest Ultimate Collector Series set. That being a massive new redesign of the Star Wars Imperial Star Destroyer. This massive set coming out on October 1st is a redo of the set that came out in 2003, which I personally own and is actually probably one of the worst sets LEGO has ever made, and, and that's a rare thing to say. But but this massive beast, which... Oh man, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I had a place to, to put it. It looks like a hundred times better than the, the the old one. Granted, they've had 16 years to improve upon the design and all that. But it is $700. Yes, $700. And includes 4,784 pieces. And they're saying a 2007 set. Was it that long ago? Shit, maybe it was 2007. Anyway. No, I stand corrected. It was actually 2002. I'm checking Brickopedia, which is a Lego Wikia. Um, but damn, this thing. It is beautiful. 
I have several Star Wars Ultimate Collector sets and uh, and Lego Ultimate Collector sets in general. I also have the Tumblr, which is one of the few things I like from the Nolan films. But I have Tyf- Darth Vader's Tie Advanced. I have the Imperial Lander. I have the Slave One, and the original Star Destroyer. Never got the Super Star Destroyer, which was in two thousand and uh, two thousand eleven. Wow, God, was that long ago? Uh, that set is something I did want. That that reminded me too much, though, of the uh, of the old Star Destroyer I had. But this set looks immaculate, people. I'm I'm not kidding. And oh God, I just I wish I wish I had the money. This thing is is gorgeous. It, it it's. Oh God, I'm just I can't stop looking at it, and I I God, I'm gonna see if <laughs> if I can hit up my my friends at Legoland and see if they're gonna offer this bad boy for the fifty percent off sale they do sometimes for employees. Uh, probably not, probably not. But even then, I wouldn't have anywhere to put this bad boy. But oh God, uh, uh. Why do things have to be this way? Uh, uh, uh. Anyway, let's get on to Smuggler's Bounty and Loot Crate to wrap up the show. uh, Just so we can get out of here. So, this Loot Crate is Toy Box from June. I'm just showing you how delayed it was. Uh, In the crate this month was an exclusive Dungeons & Dragons Castle Dice Tower. It's finally time to impress your dragon master, uh, dungeon master, excuse me, with more than just your ability to derail a campaign. This exclusive D&D castle dice tower includes three separate dice chambers and even comes with a 22mm D20 so you can keep the quest going all night long. Yeah, I don't play D&D, so gave that to my boss who does play, or one of my bosses I should say. Uh, comes with this awesome exclusive TN- TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Technodrome t-shirt. Uh, before you start yelling cowabunga dudes and fighting the Foot Clan, sit down with a slice of pizza and this exclusive TMNT Technodrome t-shirt that gives you a look at the blueprints of Krang's mobile fortress from Dimension X. Also got a little Legend of Zelda figure. Based on Four Swords, it says Link may often find himself caught up in a legendary adventures, but that doesn't mean he can't use a helping hand sometimes. Take a nostalgic trip through Hyrule with one of four Link minifigures from the Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures. I got the red Link. Also says a delightful surprise in your toy box. Half the fun of our childhood toy boxes was rediscovering old favorites. I got a really shitty one, and it's just a keychain from the Terminator. Don't know what the hell I'm going to do with that. And then, uh, the exclusive pin this month is an awesome little TMNT pin. Uh, looks like a turtle with uh, toxic waste breaking over him. Celebrate your love of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with one of four exclusive Loot Crate pins. Each feature is one of your favorite sewer-dwelling pizza-loving heroes in a half-shell. And I got... Raphael. Now... A little too much focus on TMNT. I don't really know if that fits with the toy box theme per se, but I, who am I to argue with, with them? I was hoping to have the Lord of the Rings crate 
by the time I recorded, unfortunately did not come uh, today. It is expected tomorrow, Monday though, so I, I should be able to talk about that next week. Uh, that was a crate that was supposed to be here in like m March, April, I want to say. May, I think. Granted, I'm saying every month in spring at this point. But that that's what I was, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, but also got Smuggler's Bounty this month. Uh, this month's theme being pod racing. Uh, so it came with two pop figures. One of Sebolba and one of Aura Singh, the bounty hunter. Uh, she can be seen briefly in episode one. It says, satisfy your need for speed with a pop tea celebrating Tatooine's annual pod race hosted by Jabba the Hutt, the Bunta Eve classic. Show your support by Anakin by wearing a pin of his pod racer, but don't let the pin near Sebulba, who is an extremely competitive racer. Aura Singh should probably keep her distance from any pod races to avoid accusations of interference. So the pin is uh, like a pop version of Anakin flying his pod racer. And then the shirt says Bunta Eve pod race. And it's got a picture of Anakin, like a pop version of Anakin in his pod racer. Uh, it says next month's theme coming soon is just Star Wars. Hey, look at that. No, uh, no other theme. That's kind of odd. But yeah, that's uh, Smuggler's Bounty's gone a little downhill. Since Funko kind of rebranded it and then shipped it off to Amazon to take care of, uh, as they don't do it themselves anymore. I mean, it, it's still them, but Amazon handles all the, the shipping and everything for them now. But that's that. Hey, that's that's uh, this week's Nixner News. As always, check out NixnerNews.com. You can find links to our socials there, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also listen to the show right in your browser. Or, if you prefer to listen on the go, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Play, and and iTunes page, if, if uh, you guys are one of them iPhone users. <laughs> but, I digress. Thank you guys for listening. It's been another week. We were at 70 episodes. I'm going to start getting some video stuff up. Had some technical difficulties, otherwise it was maybe going to start with this episode. Clearly not, as I underestimated the amount of time I would need to get that started but thank you guys catch you on the flip side